Hey there, and welcome back to Podcasting for Educators. One of my goals this year is to connect with more of you who listen to this podcast. And so I recently sent out an email asking if anyone would like to come on the show and share about their experience with podcasting. I was so happy to get so many responses from you all, and today's episode is one result of that email. I have Teresa Hoover on the show who co-hosts a podcast called Pass the Baton, Empowering Students in Music Education. Teresa and her co-host, Katherine Finch, are two music educators passionate about helping teachers transform their students from passive consumers to vibrant creatives. Each of their episodes amplifies the voices of music teachers who are already passing the baton and empowering their own music students. Inside this episode, you'll hear all about how Teresa and Catherine got started with their podcast after writing a book together. They also share about what it's like having a co-hosted show and how they distribute all of the podcasting duties. One of the things that Catherine and Teresa are focusing on is bringing in more listeners to their podcast, and so that's what the bulk of this episode is about. You'll hear me ask Teresa some questions about what they're currently doing, what's working, and then I'm going to offer her some suggestions of how they can bring in some new listeners, get some more ears and eyes on their podcast this year. This was a really fun episode to record, and I can't wait for you to hear it, so let's get started. Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business, but how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show, all while making an impact on other educators. Hello, Teresa. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. This is so exciting. I know. It's always so fun. You know, we talk we talk to people online, but being able to actually connect and see your face is so nice. So thanks again for being here. I am so excited. We're going to touch on a few different things. We're going to start out just by hearing a little bit about your experience, which is unique because you have a co-hosted podcast. So I always love to hear like the logistics behind that. So we'll get into some of that, and then we'll talk a little bit about, you know, things that are going well, things that have been a little bit challenging, and hopefully brainstorm some strategies that you can walk away with today. So to get started, can you just tell us, A, a little bit about your podcast and why you and your co-host decided to start in the first place? So our podcast is called Pass the Baton, Empowering Students in Music Education. And the idea is my co-host, Catherine Finch, and I were both music teachers. We love working with music teachers, so we started this for music teachers. <laughs> it really started actually back in like 2019 when Catherine and I wrote a book on the same topic, same same title. It was something we were really passionate about, this idea of giving students more ownership in music classes. We were starting to see that more in general education. We really wanted to help music teachers. We wrote this book. It came out in 2020. And if you remember 2020, there was also a pandemic. <laughs> Wasn't that a great time? Thing. You know, great time to release a book about teaching. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, we did it. And then we were actually getting some really great feedback about it. And we were trying to figure out how do we how do we share stories of people who are really like doing this thing? And we thought, let's start a podcast. 
because we we were excited to hear from teachers who were giving their students ownership and who had found this way to really encourage the student voice in the music rooms. We thought this would be the perfect platform. We both loved podcasts. We were both working from home at the time and had lots of time. You know? yes. <laughs> well, we'll call it different time, maybe not lots of time. And we we just thought we would start. And what's kind of funny is when we actually started, we started as a YouTube channel because we had it in our heads that that would be easier than a podcast. Oh my gosh. I have no what idea why you, we- What made you feel I, that way? I don't know. Podcasting just seemed scary. We're like, oh, yeah. podcast. But YouTube, we're like, oh, we can do YouTube. We make videos <laughs> all the time. That's amazing because I feel the opposite, which is why yeah. I'm not on YouTube yet. So I love, no, I love that perspective. It's so it's just How'd that work out. Think, was it? I mean, it was fine. We did great. We recorded, so we would interview our guests on Zoom. Catherine's great with editing and movie creation and all that good stuff. So she would edit. I was in charge of like the social media and we called it a blog post, but really just like show notes on the website. And it was great. And we did that for about probably eight months. And then when it was coming around the time that the book was going to be out for a year, we're like, we should, we should like do something to celebrate the, the book's birthday. And like, let's make it a podcast. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then we did. So we took, I took all those episodes. I did some research on, on what to do. And it, it was funny to us how simple it was. Right. Once, yeah. once we did it and once we realized like, oh, we can even upload the same video file into the podcast player and that works. <laughs> yes. But I mean, that's so common. Everybody feels that way that like there's all this crazy tech involved. And then really, especially if you've already got a YouTube video, you already, you've already done the hard part. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. yeah. So that's, so now we're on, we're calling it season three. We have, uh, we just released episode number 61. We usually take some time off in the summer. We try to do episodes every other week just because we're both, we're busy. Like there's a lot going on, and, but we've been pretty, pretty consistent and really, we we love it. Like we joke that it's, it's almost a selfish endeavor because it means that we get to talk to really cool people in our field and help share their stories. Yeah. That's such an unexpected benefit of podcasting, I think, is once you start doing those interviews. It's it's so fun to connect with people that you otherwise would not have the chance to do so. So I totally agree with you. And yeah, I had skimmed through and I saw that you all do about every other week, which is good to point out because while you're not doing weekly, you've been consistent with your release schedule, which I think is great. And it's something that you can keep up with. It's more manageable than doing it weekly. Yeah, we had to think about what was going to be what was going to be manageable, what was going to be something that we could do consistently and not be stressed about and not, you know. So, I know a lot of people talk about weekly is better, but this is the best we can do. Right. Yeah, and and I think that that's great to to own that and to stick with that. Okay, how are you are you pointing your listeners to anything specific in your episodes besides your book? Like I saw that you have some you all do coaching I saw that you have some freebies. Tell us a little bit about that. Yep. We have our website. On the website, there are various resources that are usually just things that we've created that we, you know, we, we give to people that can help them. We do offer coaching. We do, we'll do like school district professional development things, uh, conference presentations, stuff like that. But I feel like that's an area that we're, we're still working on, right? We know what we want to do. We want to, we want to get like the word out to more music teachers. We want people to be thinking about this idea of student ownership in their classrooms. And we want to be sharing the stories of people who are, are doing it in fun, creative ways. But beyond that, we, we sometimes don't know exactly what else we're doing and how we're doing it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, things tend to just kind of like adapt along the way and you kind of have to learn which direction you want to go in. But you've got, I mean, I feel like your messaging is very clear. What your mission of your show is and of your book is very clear, which is like very important step one. Yeah, and that's something we always try to keep in the back of our heads, like no matter what we're doing, like, okay, how does this how does this get down to like what we really want to accomplish? Right. Do you all share an email list? Yeah, we have an email list. Okay. So the episode releases on a Monday, the email goes out on a Tuesday. Okay. For email list. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. Tell us before we get more into into those details, because I am very curious. Tell us a little bit about since you're a co-hosted show, how do you split up all of the production piece? And even as because because are all of your episodes guest episodes? Almost all. Yeah. We do we've done a couple that are just the two of us. Okay. So even things like scheduling with the guests, like how do you how do you distribute that? So Google is our friend. Yeah. <laughs> we everything lives we have a, a shared Google folder and you know folders upon folders inside of there. So everything's in there. We have one document that's called list of potential guests and it'll say like a guest's name and then either there'll be a spot for either a link or just like stuff. So if one of us is at a conference and we hear someone, we're like, ooh, we just pop it in the document, things like that. So we have this running list that we share. We have a template, like a Google Doc template for interviews that, okay, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. So usually one of us, whoever has kind of the connection with the guest will reach out and schedule it. They schedule through a Calendly that I have set up that has both of our availability on it. And then when the Calendly goes out, they get a, a Zoom link. And then Catherine and I will kind of work together to make sure that we we have questions prepared, like questions or talking points. That's in a Google Doc template. So all of it's all of it's there. Like the template has, you know, episode, guest, date, the Zoom link, you know, title. And then we have the spots that we just kind of fill in as we go. So we record the episode. As soon as it's done recording, then... I start working on the graphics for it. I do that all in Canva. And then Catherine starts working on the editing. So she does all of the audio and video editing. She's good at it. She enjoys it. So I'm yes. like, go ahead and take this, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then she gets all of that uploaded to YouTube. I do the, like I said, the Canva graphics. I've been using Descript to grab a transcript from the episodes. And then I use that I'm sure people do this too. I use that transcript through AI, through ChatGPT to help me with my show notes, to help pull out like any kind of like social media content, things like that. So yeah, I use, I use ChatGPT to help me with all those things. And then like I'll, I kind of put together, I use that info to put together the, the webpage like show notes. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. So like like my fair split. Oh yeah. Cause I say my tasks are all like little things and Catherine's got the editing, but I think it, I think it pretty much balances out. Yes. And I I find that usually even people who are doing, who are just a single host, if they're producing their own show, they either, they love either editing or show notes. Like it's one or the other. They usually have one task that they dread doing every week. So I think it's nice that y'all split it up that way. Yeah. And I guess I should also add, Catherine also will do, when she does the editing, she'll take, she'll find like a one minute preview clip that she'll make a reel out of. Awesome. So that's kind of part of her. Yeah, it's it's just so nice that you can like I can really think through okay, here are my tasks. I can do them all. I don't it's not like I'm waiting for things or we're going back and forth and stepping on each other's toes. It just it works out really really well. Yeah, and also probably having that every other week schedule is probably nice as well to have that buffer time 
Do you do any kind of batching or are you usually kind of episode by episode? We try to bulk record as much as we can. Like we recorded a bunch over winter break. Yeah. You know, we record a bunch over the summer. So we try to make it so that we're not like continually recording episodes. Yeah. Now, Catherine's a lot better at, <laughs> this is like some of her strengths. We'll <laughs> record the episode and she'll like, she'll get that thing turned around and edit it pretty quick. Yeah. I'm more like, oh, I'll get the other stuff done. <laughs> so I'm the one who's like finishing up the the show notes and all of that the weekend before it comes out. But that's just, that's just how we work. Yeah. And, yeah. And everything gets done. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything gets done. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah. And where, so for your guests, are most of these guests a warm connection to you all? Where do you usually find most of your guests? Oh, all kinds of places. Social yeah. media, at conferences, listening to other podcasts. People sometimes will recommend. They'll say, oh, hey, you should really check out what this person's doing. Sometimes we do get people who approach us. And sometimes those are good fits. And sometimes we say, we really appreciate your work. We'd love to support you. But it's not a good fit for the podcast right now. Yes, and that's really important to hear. I've I've talked to podcasters who cuz it can feel a little bit uncomfortable if you have somebody approach you and, you know, you want to put out the best content that's the right fit for your listeners. Like at the end of the day, that's what matters. And it's okay to to tell somebody, I don't know that this is the best fit at this time. Yeah, because and I we always try to say like we're we're so excited to support you on social media and yeah, but yeah, I feel like that's something that we're both really particular about just making sure that wh whoever the guest is really aligns with our values and, and like the mission of our podcast. Now you touched on, we touched a, a couple minutes ago on how, how great it's been to be able to connect with all of these different kinds of people through podcasting. What other, like what else has come out of podcasting so far for you all, whether it's from like a personal standpoint, business that is going really well for you? Like how has this podcast paid off, I guess. That's such a good question. I have to think about it for a second. I mean, I, as I said, I, the, the people to me is the biggest thing. I absolutely love connecting with the guests. And I feel like when we finish an interview, you just, you have a new friend and you have a new, another person in your court and it's just really wonderful. But then it's also been fun to connect with people who listen to the podcast and to hear from them and just to see you know, getting little messages on social media like, oh my goodness, I listened to this episode and and now I'm doing this or now I'm so excited about blank. And so I think for me, it's the people, whether it's the guests or the listeners and just in general, I love that. And feeling like we're doing something good for the field. Yes. No, it's so, it's the best feeling when somebody reaches out to you and says like, not only do I love listening, but I actually took what I learned on your show and have applied it. And you get to really see that like direct impact that you're making. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's the best. I'm interrupting this episode for a brief moment to answer one of the biggest questions that podcasters have. How do I continue to bring in and retain new listeners? Here's my favorite answer. Podcast guesting. When you guest on the right podcasts, you're positioning yourself in front of ideal listeners and customers. This is a powerful strategy when done intentionally, and I can show you how in my mini course, Guesting for Educators. In this course, I'll teach you my three-step approach to landing and leveraging podcast guest interviews. When you join, you'll get access to the course content, templates, swipe copy, and even a list of shows who are currently accepting guests. 
The best part? You can work your way through the content in less than a weekend. What are you waiting for? Head to www.podcastingforeducators.com slash guesting to learn more. Back to the episode. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of what we could do to help improve. Because I, I know that when we talked before booking this interview that one of the things that you all are struggling a little bit with or want some ideas on is how to improve your listenership and bring in more listeners, right? Yep. We've, I mean, we've seen growth since the beginning, but I think I, I would love to see us get up to that next level and get even more people listening because the guests we have are just too good. They yeah. need more people hearing their voices. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. So it sounds like it's really a matter of like getting more eyes and ears on yes. your show. Yeah. Yes. And I think we're both, we try not to be too pushy. And I think maybe that's toward, that's holding us back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 But sure. Yeah. A lot of people struggle with that. You're not alone. So tell us a little bit first so I can just have an understanding. What are some things that you have tried? What are you currently doing on? And, and you touched on this a little bit. Like you said, you, you know, you're at, when you release episodes, they release on a Monday. You send out an email on Tuesday. Is there anything else? Tell us what you're doing so far to try and bring in new listeners. The one thing we did, and this is somewhat credit to you as well, we did really look at our show's title, description, and all of that stuff just to make sure that we're popping up in when people are searching for podcasts. Um, when we first started, our show was actually called Pass the Baton, Empowering All Music Students. And over the summer, we were doing some work with some people and they suggested that we change that slightly so that it... because there wasn't a great keyword in the title. So now we changed it to pass the baton. In, now I'm going to say I it think wrong. I have it. It's Empowering like students in music education. So right. now it says music education in there, uh-huh. which we're kind of assuming is a keyword. So that's one thing that we've done that we think has helped. In addition to that, so we when the new episode comes out, it goes on social media. We have a Facebook page. So it goes in the Facebook page. And then Catherine and I both try to share it on our personal feeds. It goes on Instagram as well. We have an Instagram that we're, we started the Pass the Baton Instagram over the summer. And I feel like that growth has also been slow. So we will share it to that Instagram and then we'll share it to our own using hashtags. I put it on LinkedIn and Pinterest and some of the other little ones, but I honestly don't push too hard there because I don't, I don't know that I'm seeing, seeing much come from it. Yeah. That was, I was, I was curious about LinkedIn if you all had tried to leverage that at all. Yeah. I probably could do better. Like right now, I just kind of post it and then walk away from it. Yeah, sure. I'm more of the belief of like going all in on one platform. And then once you start seeing some traction and, and you feel like you're, you have the space to be able to add in that second platform. So, I mean, I would think that Instagram is probably a good place for you all to be. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah. like I said, it's just a matter of getting more eyes on things. And that's yes. what we're not. And I'm, you know, I'm very fluent with social media, but I'm also not like the most understanding of all the things. Sure. Yeah. I try absolutely. not to spend too much time there. Yeah. You and me both. <laughs> okay. So I love that you, let's start with SEO, SEO okay. within listening apps specifically. I love that you've put some work into tweaking things. And I, <laughs> I am just, and this might not be what you want to hear, but I am 
thinking as I was kind of looking through your show, the one keyword that really would stick out to me would be music teacher. Okay. Yeah. And when I search that, you're not popping up in search for that. When I put in music education, you are, which is great because, and that's what's in your, you know, it's it's part of your main title, which is great. So that's working. But I just wonder, because right now it's Pass the Baton, Empowering Students in Music Education, but you're really targeting those music teachers, correct? Right. Yep. So I'm wondering if that would be worth trying out is, I mean, and you could keep what you have, but just Mm -hmm. tweak it slightly, like empowering music teachers and students Mm -hmm. in music education. I mean, that might be a little repetitive, but we could kind of play with that. But I, I feel like that keyword music teachers, which is in your show description, which is great. But I do find that the title carries a little bit more weight when it comes to search. So that would definitely be something that I would consider. I also, you might, you might already know this, but there are like two or three other podcasts called Pass the Baton. Did you, have you seen that? Oh goodness. No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> just because there's, I know that there's other um, like hashtags, uh-huh. but they're probably, let's see, what are they probably about? <laughs> they're not, from what I saw, they're not about music. Right. They're, I bet you one is maybe like running. <laughs> one, I, I do think that one was running. One uh-huh. was about like, I think it was like for women in like mid, like mid-age women. Oh, interesting. But it looks like, and this is what's frustrating about search is when I put in past the baton, I want to say that maybe you were number four that came up and the three that were, which is good, but the three that were ahead of you are not even active anymore. Oh, that's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Which unfortunately, they don't really factor that into yeah. this. I mean, in a sense they do, but not totally like inactive podcasts will still pop up. So, you know, this is always hard because your book is called Pass the Baton. And I think that it's important to be cohesive with your business and with something as important as a book. So I don't necessarily know that you need to change the title, especially knowing that those other podcasts are not active, but I would try that music teacher keyword. Okay. I was just thinking, I wonder if we did something like Pass the Baton, Empowering Students in Music Education, comma, a podcast for music teachers Absolutely. and just extending it a little bit. to yeah. So it's still past the, but it's still like the message, but yes. we're getting that keyword in there somewhere. Yes, absolutely. That would be a great thing to try. And, you know, I didn't check. Do you have anything in your author field? That's a great question. I think it might be our names. Yes. It has, <laughs> I should know this. <laughs> no, no, no. It has your names and then it looks like it has music education. So that would okay. be another place that you could also put music teacher. I would put it in both okay. places. That's a great idea. And that, you know, that is something that's going to get you like instant, like probably if you change that today, within the hour, you're going to see that that change in search. If you put in music teacher in Apple Podcasts, you'll see that you all will start popping to the top there. So that's a really simple change that can have a really big impact because just, and it's hard because sometimes we have to guess, like what are people searching for? But I know for me, I think of like what I can, what, what your listener considers themselves, like what they title themselves, that would be one of the first things that they would search for. Okay. So I would definitely try that. The other question I had for you is you're emailing every every week when an episode comes out. So every every other week, are you sending an email on the off weeks? Right now we're not, no. Okay. 
um, mostly just because of time and capacity. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I, I yeah. totally get that. And it, I was going to oh, say, go we ahead. try to make the email more than just, hey, here's a podcast. So we call our email Take 5, which is kind of like a little music joke. Um, <laughs> I love it. Because we have to, right? Yeah. So it, it has the podcast, but then what the idea is that there's five things we think you might like this week, right? Mm-hmm. So there's the podcast and then four other links, either to something that we've made or some people who are just doing good work that we want to share or, or whatever. So we try to make sure that it's a it's an email like that's meant to help people and not just say, like, listen to our podcast. Great. And that's that's perfect. That's what I always recommend oh, okay. because it hooks people in more than just saying the same blanket statement of, hey, new podcast episode, here's the link. Yeah. I mean, if you feel like you ever get to a point where you could add a second email, you could experiment with doing a second email on those off weeks where you are taking some sort of like teaching point from a previous episode and directing people back so that you can you know, be driving traffic back to oh, those that's past episodes. Do you have any feel of how many of your email subscribers listen to your podcast? I have no idea. Okay. I'm not sure how to know that. I always like to tell people like when we're trying to grow our listenership, let's first tap into that audience that we already have. And so your email list is a really great place to start. And it's really interesting when we ask people on our email list, even though we're, we feel like we're constantly talking about our podcast, they might actually have no, either no idea that you have a podcast or there really are a lot of people out there still who don't know how to listen to podcasts. They're not familiar with them. They haven't entered that world yet. And so we really want to educate them about how easy it is to listen, especially for your audience of teachers, music teachers. So. I would probably recommend sending out a survey of some sort to your email list. And I can send you an example when we get off of a survey that I've sent out before. When you send an email, when you send a survey to your email list, the big points I like to touch on are to make sure that you keep it really simple for people to fill out. Like we're talking like one or two minutes. So most like 95% of the questions should be multiple choice so that people don't feel like there's a barrier. If people feel like it's going to take them a long time, they're not going to fill it out. And so for for your purpose of sending this first survey, I would want the intention to be for you to gain more information about who on your email list is listening to your podcast. And then secondary would be of these people, what are their needs and desires? Like what do they want to hear on the podcast? So you can ask simple questions like, how often do you listen to our podcast, Pass the Baton? And your answer choices could be, every time a new episode comes out, I pick and choose episodes. I didn't know that you had a podcast. (laughs) So that question right there would give you that really quick information of, okay, I can look at my results and see that you know 60% of our email list listens on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. This many people didn't even know that we had a podcast. So the point of the survey is to not just gather information, but to also educate people about the fact that you have this great show and here's how you listen. It's also a really great time to ask people to rate and review your podcast. So again, I can send you like a sample of of survey questions that you could ask, but I think this would be a really great way to just get that good information about your listeners. Yeah. Okay. That's a great idea. And then I would I'm envisioning this email being separate from our typical biweekly, right? This would be something else 
Yes, absolutely. So I would probably send this on one of your off weeks. And the only point of this email is to get people to fill out this survey. It's your only call to action. It's the only link in your email. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And you can just do it on a Google form. It can be super simple. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully the idea here is to start converting more of these people over to podcast listeners and also get an understanding of what they want to hear on future episodes because that's another big piece of this when we think about how you can bring in new listeners is looking at your current content and making sure that it's the right fit for your audience. So my next big question for you would be, do you all currently track your podcast stats at all? Within like the podcast hosting thing, you mean? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, we do. So you look at your like downloads from a monthly view. Do you also do like per episode downloads? Yeah, I can see all of that within the within the uh, podcast player. So it'll show me, you know, how many people listened at all on a day, how many people listened to which episodes, how many total for each episode, all those good things. Awesome. Have you ever looked in Apple Podcast Connect specifically? No. Okay. So this would be another great takeaway for today would be to, you can log into your Apple Podcast Connect account and there's a... It's either called podcast stats or podcast analytics, but you can see your average consumption rate for each Mm. episode. This is really great information for you to get a feel of what type of content people are enjoying the most. So you can see like it'll list out each individual episode and it'll tell you like the average consumption rate is 60% for this episode. This episode, it was 90%. So you can... In some ways, that gives you better information than just download numbers because it really tells you like, okay, this topic people were super interested in or this guest people loved. Maybe we'll have that guest come back on again. Okay. Because that's going to tell us not just who downloaded, but how much they actually listened to. Yes. And which type of content you should be creating more of. Or maybe you'll see that you know, you're longest episodes have the lowest consumption rate. So maybe you need to try and make your episodes a little bit shorter. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That's a great, a great tip. Thank you. Yeah. Because when we can do a quick audit on how our current content is doing and we can think about ways to improve our current content, then that's going to, you know, when we have, when we have content that people are super engaged with, they're going to be more likely to share it. And that's one great way to grow your listenership alone is word of mouth. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Next, because you all have so many guests on your show, do you send out like before the episode, after the episode's been produced, but before it goes live, do you send the guest the information like links and maybe some promotional graphics? Um, No. Sorry. You just <laughs> made me think like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the day the episode comes out, I send an email to the guests and I say, thank you so much. And I, here are the links. Please share. Please leave a review. Let's keep in touch. All of that. So the day the episode comes out, we do that. After we record an interview, we always will mail, like US postal mail, the guest a little handwritten thank you card with a sticker. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I don't know I, if that's like over the top, but we love it. <laughs> no, I love when people do that. I absolutely love that. I actually, I was a guest on a podcast and they did that a few weeks ago and it was so nice. And then it also will sometimes prompt people to like snap a picture and put it on their Instagram too. Yeah, you know, if it happens. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I should totally be sending them the promo graphics too. That's, yeah. I don't know why I don't do that. I would. And I would explicitly ask them like, you know, word of mouth is a great way to make more music teachers aware of this podcast. We would love if you, and it, you know, it might vary on the type of guest you have. Like if it's, if it's a music teacher who doesn't have a business then they're probably not going to have an email list, but if it's somebody that might have an email list, and even if it's not, anybody can put that graphic on their Facebook page and say, Hey, look at this. And then their coworkers are going to see it. And that just has this trickle effect. And we notice that with downloads, like we notice, you know, the people who are sharing it the most on social media, we will see an uptick in downloads sure. for that. Or, you know, like we had one guest who really just only shared the YouTube link, which is fine. And we had a ton of YouTube views. And I was like, well, that's great because that means that people were listening and, and watching and enjoying and it was neat. Yes, absolutely. I know you can always tell just by looking at those download numbers. Okay. This guest probably definitely yep. shared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about like other options for visibility. You know, the first thing I always like to suggest is guesting on other podcasts. So have you all done any of that? Uh, yeah, some. We've done some together and we do some individually depending on, like, for example, I my focus is band. Mm -hmm. Catherine's focus is elementary school general music. So if it's a band podcast, usually just me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't done one in a while. So maybe that's something to look into. Yeah, I, I would absolutely. And, and I don't know exactly, you know, when I did that search for music teacher, there were definitely podcasts that popped up. So it seems like there are some good options out there for you all. So do you cover together? Do you cover like K-12? Yep. That's okay, the idea. So that's great. Yeah, that's great. Because that extends your audience and the types of podcasts that you could potentially be on. So I would definitely make that a priority in the next like six months or so would be to start sending some pitches out because, you know, anytime that you can get in front of people who already listen to podcasts, it's going to be much easier to convert those people over to your show. Yeah. Okay. And you would just email the host and say, this is who I am and what I do. Like, is that kind of informal or do you have something really formal that you would recommend? Yeah. So uh, usually what I recommend is doing some research. I, I like to just go into the listening apps and put those keywords in, see what's popping up, find some good fit shows. So where, where you all have an overlapping audience, but you, you serve them in a slightly different way and scroll through, like you don't have to listen to all of their episodes, but scroll through it and see what kind of topics they've covered over the last six months or so to make sure that you're not suggesting a duplicate of anything. And when you when you email the podcast host, you want to have a specific topic in mind already to make it super easy for them. So you know by scrolling through their episodes that this topic would be a good one for their audience because X, Y, and Z. So you want to introduce yourself to the host and suggest this very specific topic. You can even list out some talking points for that topic so that the host is like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This person, Teresa, knows that this is a good fit for my listeners. She knows who my listeners are. She's done the research. She knows that this would be a good fit. I don't even have to do any work to prep for this interview. She's done it all for me. So you want to just make it really easy for them and just let them know that you've done that research and that you want to bring value to their listeners. Okay. I can yeah. do that. I, I think it would be a good goal to maybe pitch like three to five podcast hosts in the next month 
Mm -hmm. just because, you know, people's schedules are all different. Some people like to batch their episodes way ahead of time. Some people go week by week. So if you can find three to five good fit shows and reach out to them, then that should, you know, hopefully land you a couple of interview spots in the upcoming months. I like it. Now, you said that you all, you do some some PD, right? Mm-hmm. Some conferences or some trainings. Yes. Okay. So this, I think, and I think a lot of people listening, this would probably apply to you as well because I know a lot of people in this audience do these PD trainings. Use that and you might already be. Are you talking about your podcast at all when you do these trainings? Yeah, especially if it's relevant, if it's the same topic, I will always mention the podcast. I always have stickers with me. Yeah, good. Go <laughs> so ahead. I'm always trying to talk about it when they're relevant. If it's, okay. you know, I have a conference presentation next week that's all about Google. Yeah, not quite the same thing. Right. <laughs> I right. might like mention it, but I won't go in depth. But when I'm talking about things related to student ownership, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I, and you could, I love that you have stickers. So it sounds like you've got mm-hmm. that covered. You could even do, you know, like bring some of those plastic picture frames that, that has a printable with like a QR code that goes straight to your podcast. You could even link to like a specific episode that relates to the topic that you're speaking oh, on. Yeah. Doing that can sometimes hook people in even more than just hearing about the podcast in general. So I, I think that there's just so much opportunity there when you find yourself in front of these larger groups of people. Yeah, that's a great idea. And do you find, like, if you're going to link to the podcast, do you typically just link it to Apple? Do you link it to, like, what? that's what I also struggle with. Struggle with. Like, what link am I giving you? Yes, great question. This is a very common question. So I like to give people a couple of options. And For example, when I'm sharing it on social media, I'll I'll alternate between sending people to my show notes page on my website for that episode or using – have you ever heard of pod.link? No. Okay. So that is what I like to use when I'm not sending people to my website. It's totally free. You can can go to pod.link right now, type in your podcast, and it will pull up your podcast. It's kind of like a landing page. And it will have all of your episodes, but at the top, it will have buttons to like every player out there, which is so nice. So you can tell people, like I just wrote an email today and in the email for the episode that went live this week, I give people two options. I say, read the show notes here and then on the next line, listen or listen on your favorite listening app here. And so they can click on that and it will take them. So you're giving people the option Definitely, I always advise against just sharing the Apple podcast link because there are so many people who don't use Apple. Yeah. I mean, I know from, or at least I can see from the analytics that the majority of our listeners do come from Apple, but I know we have people who like Spotify. I know we have people who, you know, there's all kinds of different platforms that people use for different reasons, but I love that pod.link. Pod.link. Yep. Yes. And totally agree. The majority of your listeners will come from Apple, but the people who don't use Apple are very like anti-Apple usually. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they have very strong opinions. So you definitely want to give people that choice. Spotify is very is becoming very popular with people. So yeah, pod.link is a great solution for that. And real quick while we're on that topic, you guys are doing great with your show notes on your website. I looked at those. They look really wonderful. The only thing I would recommend is I noticed that you you have the episode player kind of at the bottom of the page. I would put that at the very top 
of the post. And you could even have it in both places if you wanted. But I'm just thinking, like when I first came to the page, I, I didn't think that there was a player on there at first. Okay. So because anytime that you want to, you know, if you're sending somebody to that post, you want them to see right away that they could kind of listen as they're skimming the show notes. Okay. That's, that's easy. Yeah. Super easy. And like I said, you could have it in both places. I've seen people do that too. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other little thing that I wanted to ask about is, and I'm not super familiar because I don't, I don't know much about the book space, but because you all have written this book, I know that you wrote it before the podcast came out, but like on Amazon in the description and in your bio, is there, can you add your podcast to that? You know, probably I'd have to look into it because I have an Amazon author page Mm -hmm. that I believe I have control over. Yeah. So I think at least if nothing else, the author page, I would be able to add it to. Yeah. I think the book itself, our publisher handles that. So I don't think, but that's, yeah, that's another good idea to add it to the author page because that... I don't know if that would show up on the thing, but it, it would be somewhere. It'd be another place for it. Yeah. I clicked when I when I, I looked at your book on Amazon and I saw, you know, right under the image of the book, it had both your picture and Catherine's picture and, and you could click on the links and then it had, you know, information about each of you. So yeah, I would think that that would be a good place just, you know, just to cover your bases. Right. Just to get it in one more spot. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And anywhere that you... Anywhere like that that you put the name of your podcast, I would make sure that you include that, you know, kind of subtitle with it too. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah, I mean, in our book, we definitely have the website link, which will, if you go there, it'll get you to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't want to throw too many ideas at you today. <laughs> so I'll do one more and okay. then and then we can kind of recap here. But the only other thing that I really wanted to touch on would be, you know, I saw that you all have some freebies, like I saw an exit ticket that you were promoting in your episodes. A good thing to do, and and maybe you already are doing this, but when people sign up for that freebie, making sure that you have some sort of email sequence that they are going through and linking some podcast episodes in that email sequence. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you all have tried before? Yes, I've done this, but now they're talking about it. I want to make sure that that definitely is also attached to the exit ticket that we're talking, you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, ours is, it's basic. Like I know some people will say, oh, you need a seven to 12, whatever. I think ours is like maybe three emails that come. So let me make sure that it's attached to the exit ticket because that's, that would be really silly if it wasn't, but you never know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you said linking specific episodes. Yeah. So I would either like if you have an episode that connects really well to the specific freebie, I would make sure that that's linked. But otherwise, I would choose an episode that is one of your like highest performing episodes just to kind of show off your best stuff. Yep. Okay. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know we've done like the welcome sequence when we, you know, if we do a conference presentation and there's a... Yeah, you know, like a freebie kind of thing. Okay. So hopefully that gives you some good ideas. So just to kind of recap, we talked about trying out that music teacher keyword. Yep. In Mm -hmm. your title as well as it's already in your description, but also keeping that in mind for future episode titles as well. Oh, good. Yeah. And you could even 
I mean, you can always update titles too. Like if you have previous episodes that that would be a good fit for, you can replace the title in your host. Also with titles, I would include your guest's name in your episode title, especially if they are somebody who might be like known in your space. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I hadn't thought of that. Okay. So SEO, trying out, if you have the capacity, trying out that second email on your off weeks, Mm -hmm. but definitely starting by putting out an audience survey that you're going to send as a separate email with its own call to action there. Making sure that you're sending the deliverables to your guests before the episode airs. And then as far as visit more like direct visibility, aiming to pitch three to five podcasts for interview opportunities and seeing if you can kind of tune more into your podcast when you're doing those PD conferences. Yeah. So those are some good suggestions, hopefully, that you can walk away with today. Well, and I love that none of these are super hard. No. (laughs) Like these are all things that I can and do. I mean, you know, one at a time, little by little, but I love the fact that there's nothing here that you're telling me that's going to take me an entire week to accomplish one cast. Right. Exactly. This is (laughs) this is incredible. Yes. And and do it one at a time. I would start Mm -hmm. today. I would do that, add that keyword. Do that. You can do that in five minutes. And then next I would do your audience survey. And then yeah, just kind of build on from there. And you can maybe do like one a week and mm-hmm. kind of track things and, and see if you're noticing that growth. And I would, I would, if you're not, like if you're just kind of glancing at your stats on your host, I would definitely have like a formal spreadsheet where you're okay. actually tracking these numbers because sometimes it can be hard Like if we kind of pop in and we're like, oh, this was this month's versus last month's. But if you're tracking it on a spreadsheet, you can really see that kind of big picture growth over time. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. Do you have any follow-up questions? Not right now, but you might get an email from me in a couple weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Feel free. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell everybody where they can find you online after listening? Yeah, sure. So you can find me. I'm on uh, Instagram. It's just at Musical Teresa. You'll get to see all kinds of fun things, everything from music teacher stuff to pictures of my dog and hiking. Love it. <laughs> Which, you know, you got to have all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then for the podcast, we're, it's on Instagram is Pass the Baton Music Ed. Again, the podcast is called Pass the Baton Empowering Students in Music Education with the potential added subtitle of a podcast for music teachers. <laughs> Jam it all in there. Uh, yep. <laughs> and then um, our website is pastthebatonbook.com. Awesome. Well, Teresa, thank you again. This was a lot of fun. Yes. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, The Podcasting for Educators Prep School at podcastingforeducators.com slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.